You're listening to the Loot Page Podcast, episode number 58. Make sure you click subscribe um, so you can stay up to date with uh, my episodes, which I release most weeks. You can also find me over on Instagram. So my handle is at Luke underscore page. And if you're a coach and you are currently struggling with your niche or you are unsure or a little bit confused when it comes to your niche, then I'm going to be running a workshop uh, on the weekend of February the 12th, 2022. And I'm going to be running a workshop called Own Your Niche, which helps coaches get super clear with their niche. So if you're, and look, whether you're a coach, you're starting out and you just haven't selected a niche, or maybe you've been doing this for years and you're still a little bit confused on who exactly you help, or maybe you don't know how to communicate in a really simple and effective way that your audience to get and connect with, um, maybe you're changing niches. Yeah, but anything to do with your niche and you are not 100% clear, then you got to check this workshop out because guess what? Um, everything falls into place within your, with your business when you get clear with your niche. Everything relies on this clarity, right? So this workshop, is uh, there's a link in the show notes for it. Um, the link, if you want to check it out now, who knows? You should listen to this podcast, but the link is go.lukepage.com.au forward slash O-Y-N. So check it. I normally sell this thing for 197 bucks on my website. Uh, every a couple of times a year, I will launch this thing as a live workshop and give a special price. Um, so you can get it for about a quarter of the price for under 50 bucks. So check it out and register through that link. But um, today I've got my mate, the Moza, the Mozatron they call him. Um, they call him also uh, Kamal and Jamal. He's got a number of names, but Alex Morris... And uh, this one's all about your guide to investing into paid ads for the first time. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. Mazza. Yes, I'm back. Oh, man, I didn't catch that. How's what? How's life? Life's pretty fucking intense, mate. Is it? Life's pretty intense, yeah. Just uh, there's heaps going on, man. Work's fucking intense. Um, getting the baby, you know, getting ready for it. Uh, we just bought a car over, over in Queensland, so organizing all that, selling another car. Um, I hate that process. It's, yeah, man. It's uh, there's this haze going on. There's there's other stuff that I've just forgotten about. So it's just like, I appreciate you making the time to have a chat. Yeah, man. I've 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 just been um this this year I I said that I want to kind of uh put more effort into my podcast because I've had it for like two and a half years and I've just been like just like coasting along. Yeah, just like. Episodes every two weeks, no marketing on it. Yeah. Just putting little effort into it. Yeah. Um, and I've been okay with that, but I'm just like, okay, let's just kind of put a little bit more focus into it. So I, I want to spend, um, I, I want to be, be, be releasing episodes most weeks. 
mm. uh, moving forward yeah. and just doing a little bit more marketing around it and stuff like that and advertising it. So um, no problems, man. I, um, I, I'm a little bit like with the, the podcast at the moment, man, I'm just like chasing my tail in a way, yeah, where I haven't like got these episodes banked up and I'm just like, oh, sh- like shit, what am I doing next week? What am I doing next week? So I'm just like in basically frantic mode with the podcast. So thanks for starters because I know I only gave you a week notice. You're gonna, This is going to be out next week. So no mucking around. Boom. <laughs> nice job, man. Nice job. I mean, we release ours next day, but that's fine. <laughs> Nick, that's next level. That's probably next week's podcast. Well, the week after that will be, hey, you're getting your... Actually, I've done a podcast before with a guest and I released it later on that day. Peace. You're a monster, man. Proud of you. I live on the edge when it comes to podcasts, mate. <laughs> you do. You do. And people can tell. People yeah, that's it, tell. man. All right, Moza. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to... I think we... Like, what do we chat about? We can chat about heaps of stuff, but I'm like, you're the uh, the marketing man. You've obviously helped me out. You give me heaps of tips. And I just wanted to get you on because a lot of my audience probably doesn't go to the extent that I do when it comes to ads. Yep. But there's some of them where it's like, okay, there's this ad game. How do we get into it? Um, all they do is organic. And, you know, to kind of, there's got to be a stage where it's like, all right, you look at, paid ads as a strategy and automate automation and leveraging mm-hmm. and things like that. So I think we just kind of have like a conversation around that. So for starters, Moz, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> well, <laughs> tell um, me everything about you. Yeah. Just let, let it, let it, let everyone know at home, like a little bit about yourself and what you do and everything like that. Sure thing, Luke. Sure thing. <laughs> and may I say, it's like all my Christmases have come at once to finally be on your on your show here, Luke. Unbelievable. You've been sitting back at home just waiting. When's he going to call me up? When? when is he going to call me up to get on this thing? I think you got yeah. like a – have you got something on your, on your cheek there? I do. I do. I thought I was like, is that light? No. no, no. Something? Yeah, I'm not that shiny. I'm not that oily. That I'm <laughs> yeah. uh, dude. Well, my name is Alex Morris and personally... Mozatron. Mozatron. The Mozatron. What was uh, I calling you last year? You were calling me Moza. You were calling me like Jamal or Kamal. Jamal, that's it. Jamal. Kamal. Kamal. Something bizarre like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, sorry, I'm, I'm always getting deliveries outside in front of my office. If you want to start the podcast again, we can. No <laughs> we way, can. mate. This is, this is how I, I start them from the... Like when you're saying, "Oh, what's been going on?" and all that, I don't, I don't do like. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, this, this started ages ago, mate. When you when you walked in the door, this was starting. <laughs> Sweet. Well, um, personally, my name is Alex. I am a young fella living in the northern beaches of Sydney. So we're both beach kids. You and I. I don't surf as well as Luke, nor at <laughs> all. But I have an excuse because my. Beach mornings were ripped away from me by the birth of my twin daughters 18 months ago. So my mornings are kind of at the mercy of these two little pitter-patterers and whatever they need to do whenever they wake up. So that whole kind of avenue of morning fitness and personal development has kind of gone out the window, but that's cool. (laughs) Um, I've got a lovely life, which I now attribute mostly to the fact that I decided to get out of my busy grinding working uh vibe that I was I was going with I was working hospitality for about 12 years there uh, as a chef as a sommelier as a manager 
bartender, kind of everything in the hospo game. And that was kind of a really good, solid career trajectory in front of me. Mm. But it just didn't, um, it didn't facilitate the lifestyle I wanted, which was basically to, you know, hang out with my family as much as possible and, you know, be a family guy. I saw a lot of the best chefs and staff I knew in hospitality who were living the dream on paper, but there was, you know, they were struggling with their family lives or they would smoke and drink and, you know, look all schmick on, on the, on the surface. But then mm. it's a very, very tough gig when you get past like 25. So anyway, wait, I, um, wait, can I, I ask about the chef thing for a second? Yeah. Like what, um, where were you like, say like, is like a Michelin star chef, like 10 out of 10 top of the game. And then you've got, you know, one where maybe someone like me, right. Yeah. Um, like where would you fit along the scale in regards to how good of a chef you were? Well, when you say a Michelin star chef, it's kind of, you know, the, the chef who wrote the menu and runs the kitchen, that's the Michelin star chef. If you work in that kitchen, it doesn't make you a Michelin star chef, but you're learning from people at the top of the game. Right. So yeah. the best, the best restaurant I worked in was a two hat restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, back of house and that's like in australia you can get one two and three chef's hats restaurants so the, the joint i worked was um the best italian restaurant in in the country and i is learned this? it's called pilo at freshwater it's in sydney it's on the beach sardinian restaurant pretty famous pretty small and uh what suburb yeah sorry what suburb freshwater freshwater where's that near where's freshwater baba well, it's next to Manly Beach. Northern Beaches, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there's Manly. Manly yeah. is a big, big beach town, a uh, big famous one. And then Freshie is just kind of like a little smaller village next to it. Yeah. And this restaurant was beautiful. It was kind of in a old, I guess it was like an old, um, almost like a lighthouse kind of thing. It was like a little house on the front of the beach, uh, like a little wooden shack. And they built this fine dining restaurant in it that had like a massive name for itself. Yeah. So... Chef wise, I was I was pretty good. I was pretty good. I didn't enjoy the fine dining game, which is where you get really good. I learned a lot in it, and then mm. I didn't. It was kind of competitive. It was kind of like I'm the better chef. We're not a team. It's like who, who's the best chef in the kitchen, which is a really yeah. weird vibe when you're working so hard together. So yeah. I actually went back to more casual restaurants and kind of ran the kitchen rather than kind of trying to work my way up in a fine dining joint. So then I went yeah. back to working, um, you know, in smaller Italian places with just like good homemade pizzas and pastas and fresh pasta, everything done from scratch. I was pretty good for a while there, man. I was pretty ambitious, but then yeah. I, I bought my own cafe. So I learned the whole front of house game because my, right. my kind of partner in crime there, he's a straight up chef. He cooked. I learned the coffee. I learned bartending. I learned about wine and then I eventually ended up my career in hospo as a um, front of house working and trained to be a sommelier, like a wine waiter, like a wine expert. Yeah. yeah. A place called Aqua Dining, which was right next to the Harbour Bridge in Sydney, right next to the Opera House. Beautiful mm. view, really, really impressive um, restaurant. And we had one of the best wine. Well, we had a master of wine working there and a master of wine is like, a hundred in the world or something like that. And I was getting trained by this guy mm. and it was really cool, man. But uh, then they offered me a manager role and I just saw my whole life flash before my eyes and I bailed and I quit. 
because uh, I was like, this is it for me. If I take this manager role, mm. I'm going to be in this restaurant life forever. And I'll yeah, be yeah. comfortable and that'll be it for me. So I left. <laughs> Done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was a nice weird shot. one, man. It was, a, it was my whole life's plan until I realized that they offered me what I wanted and then I didn't want it anymore. So then what were your next steps after that? Where'd you head? I left this fancy career and I moved to the beach with my wife or well, my then girlfriend. We moved to the beach together. Mm-hmm. I took a job in my friend's Italian cafe, just cooking breakfast. And around the same time, I'd been through a big health and weight loss journey. Uh, I started health coaching. I started a little health coaching business with our friend, Ryan Madges, mm-hmm. who taught me how to start that business. And yeah, over the next few years, that just led me to making more of a healthy brand out of myself on on the internet. And so I was teaching people how to eat well, how to just get moving in a really, really simple kind of grassroots way. No calories, no science behind it. Just fucking get out there and do it. And more of it, more of a sort of Jamie Oliver style than a, I can't even think of a fitness person, but I'm sure there's plenty. (laughs) but it was more about yeah longevity longevity of health rather than how you look right now so yeah that that led me to a really lovely journey of learning about the online business world the coaching space the industry but obviously because i had quit my big secure career to do this um i was just going downhill mega mega fast i was you know i could make a few sales on the phone sell a couple Two thousand dollar programs on a payment plan, and realize that doesn't do it for a lifestyle. The old two thousand dollar payment plan. <laughs> All right. Yeah, man. It was a, I thought I was winning. I thought I'd completely changed my life when I did that, and I had changed my life in a way, but not in the way I was expecting. And and so I just kind of went through, you know, four years of just pretty intense struggle to just be my own boss, get this thing off the ground. My life became, I am going to be a role model and a leader for people. I didn't want to have like six high paying clients. I wanted to have like a hundred thousand people who I just coached for free, you know, that sort of thing. I wanted to be like a leader in that space. Mm. And, but I had to go through the, you know, learn to sell market high ticket programs, that sort of thing. So it was, it was fine. I had to, you know, take a lot of jobs, in cafes, you know, making coffee, making sandwiches, like washing dishes the whole way through. Um, I worked in a freaking ski lodge down in the snow for a couple of weeks, washing dishes. Uh, I was just filling in, you know, yeah, trying shit. to pay rent and pay my ads bills and yeah. pay for all my seminars and stuff while I got the coaching business off the ground. Eventually it went pretty well. Eventually I made a living off of it and it just started to roll and that was cool. But then, but then Luke, I learned Tell that me. not one, well, but two make children. Make sure you reveal this. Not was that? One, well, I learned that we were, we, we were planning <laughs> on having a, a child, oh, yeah. a singular, <laughs> singular child. And I had my life planned out for me. I was doing this really cool thing. I had like nutrition recipe books for gyms and there yeah, were like yeah. a bunch of gyms paying me subscriptions every month to do these recipe books for them. So it was like pretty much passive income because they, they were all made. I had a, a little sort of network marketing team in that, the healthy supplements game who that was a bit of passive income there. I was selling these, you know, $1,200 coaching programs upfront, just hand over fist. 
crushing it, doing some cooking demos, doing some catering, doing some videos, doing some filming. And then, yeah, I went to this first ultrasound with the, with our singular baby. And I saw two black circles on the screen and I was like, I guess the second one's like a placenta or something. I don't know what this looks like on the inside. And this sonographer, bless her heart, just goes, okay, so we're having twins. So <laughs> as casually as that, that was it. as casually as that, <laughs> and I'm a, I, I, it's quite a funny story, but I'm quite ashamed to say my first words were fuck off. <laughs> I said, <laughs> and I felt so bad because she was a lovely lady. Anyway, that changed the game a lot. I, I realized that I was not going to be able to do half of my job, which was kind of the face-to-face stuff, the personal brand stuff, webinars, late night calls and all this stuff. So I said, how can I freaking just work online yep. on my computer and nothing else? And I was already doing marketing for one person. I was already helping out our other friend, James Wellington, I was doing his marketing for him. And that was my first kind of paid marketing client I just kind of fell into. So I said, hey, I'll, I'll have a go at this. And for nine months while Ali was pregnant, I worked full-time in my mate's burger restaurant, managing it, cooking. He just opened. So I worked like 50, 60 hours a week there and then built my marketing business on the side so that when these uh, two little bundles of joy came into the world, I took a whole month off mm. and then just... Took it from there. I was a marketer from there. So it was a pretty big, uh, pretty big transition, bro, that I just had to decide upon. My whole path that I thought I was on mm-hmm. changed two or three times. And everything kind of happened by accident, but most of them have worked out quite well and moving me to the next step and to where I am now, which is a really beautiful life. I just want to quickly jump in and talk about a program of ours called The Leading Coach, which helps coaches grow a six-figure-a-year business organically. Now, if you're a coach and you're currently making, on average, between zero and $5,000 a month, and you want to learn how to get more clients and take your business to the next level, and you've been following us for a little bit and you just love our style and our approach and what we're all about, then right now you can join the waiting list to The Leading Coach. Now, we only open up enrollments to TLC a few times a year. So um, by joining the waiting list, basically you'll be put on a notification list and be notified of when we open the doors next. And you'll also be one of the first that gets access to the Leading Coach program page, which includes all the details about what's in it, what it includes, and all the information so you can make a decision um, about whether the program is exactly what you need or not. Uh, So the link to join the waiting list is lukepage.com.au forward slash TLC. I'll also pop that link in the show notes as well. So anyway, let's get back to the episode. Nice man. Like how um how did you manage? Because this is a this is like a common thing. Like, how did you manage working a full-time job? And mind you, doing 50, 60 hours. Like that's an intense full-time job. Yeah. Then building a business on the side. How the how did you do it? This is a problem that you know, a lot of people have to go through when they're starting out. Yeah. how did you get through it? Sure thing. Yeah. I was kind of used to it by this point. One thing. Uh, I've done I was, it so many times. What this works so many hours and things like that. Yeah. I, I think one thing about hospitality is it gives you a really good work ethic. You get used to long hours. And, mm. and so, I mean, when I was at that two hat restaurant, that fancy place, I was working 7am to 1am, to 1 a.m., oh, you shit. know, five days a week. 
you know, sometimes sex it was fucked so it's crazy yeah 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 so I, I had that work ethic which was great the other thing was man outside of just the obvious you know which is like you get home from work and you just work more <laughs> on your computer uh I, I was I was very lucky because the job I was doing by that point didn't tie me out except for physically mentally it was just like you know when you get so good at something it just mm. happens it, it mm-hmm. doesn't it's not difficult at all mm. it was just so second nature and comfortable i could just walk into that shop that restaurant not think about it before i got there work all day crush it and then leave and it was just gone from my mind again very very simple and and so yeah. that was good for me and the fact that i i think and the fact i checked out of that career as well i was doing my best to you know keep, keep the quality up but I could leave my work at work. And because I was passionate about what I was building on the outside, I was able to, yeah, just put more mental energy into the building. So physically I was, I was a bit tired. I was a bit tired, but it was also, there was an end game to it. It was like eight months of this and I'm done. So yeah, that's macro, micro, like day-to-day tangibility. I booked all my calls in the first three days of the week, Monday to Wednesday, because then Thursday through Sunday, I was pretty much just gone. I was in the restaurant the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, yeah, I made, I only made promises I could keep as well because marketing is a very delivery based business. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of, I kind of just chunked it all up into three mornings a week and a couple of late nights, and, um, and the beauty of it is, yeah, the, the reason I got into marketing in the first place is because you don't have to be on camera. You can just kind of type away and do stuff. And so I mm. feel for the people building coaching businesses because yeah. like sales calls and stuff like that, they often happen in the evenings, webinars, that kind of thing. I couldn't do them. But I think you just got to focus on like, this is temporary. This is a means to an end. This is like, this is my way out. And if you don't do that, then you're going to be just flailing between the two forever. If you, if you don't just have that period of, I hate to use the word hustle, but that period of hustle or grind where you just kind of go all in on both this morning, you said you've got so much shit going on right now and you do, but it means that probably when you've got uh, your beautiful uh, offspring comes along, you're going to be cruising a little bit. You know, you'll cruising be able to, mate. Yeah. yeah. You'll be able to cruise because of the hours you put in now. So for yeah. seasons, you know, seasons of hustle and flow. So would you say, um, would that be your main advice? Because for someone that's doing this, you know, little dance between they got this coaching business they want to build and then they're working a job right now. Uh, and all they want to do is they just want to be making enough money so they could quit their job. Yep. Is there any any other advice that you give them considering that you've done there and you, you've been there? Honestly, and it won't be the answer they want to hear. Stay in the job as long as possible. Mm, why's that? <laughs> because the longer you stay in the job, you know, the more comfortable, easy money you have there to then go and work on your dream on the outside. We know too many people, in, myself included, I don't know if you did it, who burn the boats because that's what freaking tony robbins says burn the boats and it ruins you man it's burn the boats. it doesn't work for everyone everyone is like very different and for me every time i burnt the boats my stress levels went up way too much to be able to 
work on a business. So I think if you can dedicate more mental energy to doing your day job to keep, you know, money coming in, then you can perform better when you do show up on sales calls in the evening and webinars, you can make better decisions because you're making Mm. them logically rather than emotionally. If you're doing sales and you're like, shit, I have no money coming in this week and rents to you in three days. I need this sale. gives you a very (laughs) good attitude on the phone, right? You do not sell well. Whereas if you don't hinge everything on that phone call, the prospect can feel it. You can feel it. And you can just have a much more authentic business and it's an enjoyable thing. So I think burning the boats is a, not for everyone. I think it's a stressful thing to do for some people. So one, if you can stay in that job as long as possible, put your ego to the side a little bit because it's all ego leaving that job. I'm a full-time coach. It's like, fuck, I was 29 years old, you know, and washing, washing dishes still in my mate's burger shop while I was building my business. Like I had most of my team were like 17 and I used to be like a head chef and I was here like washing dishes and taking out friends. And you just, if you, if you can get that ego aside, know that your coaching business or your side business that you want to make your full business, if that is your life goal, Mm -hmm. then this extra year, 18 months of working full-time at your other job is never going to matter again. (laughs) Mm. It yeah, is, I mean, yeah, I like, I agree with the burn the boats thing. Um, I, I, for, for some people, it'll work having the pressure of, okay, I need to make this work by then. But majority of people, and the thing is, you got to think about who starts a coaching business. And most people that start a coaching business are basically, they don't have experience in business, they're employees. Mm. And, you know, a mindset to grow a business compared to, become successful and a successful employee is completely different. So what generally happens are coaches have been working a job. They've got an interest in something. Maybe they've been through it themselves. They're like, oh, cool. I wanted to start this coaching business. They see it online. They see, you know, people going, oh, they're living an awesome life and they laptop lifestyle and they do this and they make money and they're all smiles. Like, I want that myself. I'm sick of working this shitty job. So what they do is they try and start a business, but they've never done it before. And it's kind of like, oh, I've just got to post some stuff on social media and the sales and the clients will come rolling in. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think for most people like that, um, and I'm a part of this, yeah, yeah, is that having the pressure of, hey, you've got to make it work. You've got, a, you've got a deadline. And mind you, if you had a deadline of 10 years, well, you're all good. If you've got cash to last you 10 years, well, sweet as, right? Or five years. But you got cash to last you three months or something like that. That's a different game. Which a lot of people don't, man. Yeah. Like anyway, <laughs> because they've yeah. got an employee mindset. Because when you're an employee, you don't often think about let's save money for three months. Mm. It's like, oh, I've got a paycheck next week. Let's just go go to dinner again. Yeah. <laughs> you totally. So, yeah, man, right. I, I agree with that thing about the I always say that you've got to, it's playing a long-term game. Um mm. it's and it's it's, you've got to last long-term, which means years and years and years. So financially, you've got to be able to last. And mentally, you've got to be able to last. If you can't, if you miss one of those two, you're gone. Yeah. You're absolutely gone. So if talking about the, the, the money coming in, if you can't financially last years and years and years, then you are playing a very risky game. And I actually say this to people. Sometimes I'll speak to people, Alex, and they're inquiring to work with me. And then they're going to go, I'm working a job. I'm going to quit. And I straight out say, 
look, I don't work with people when they've got a deadline of a couple of months financially because you don't act the right way. And it's exactly what you said there. You're so pressured to get results, you end up doing the wrong fucking thing. Um, you end up putting out the wrong energy. That's a, that's a huge one. Sick, man. Thanks for sharing all that. Um, did you actually, I don't even know, did you explain about the marketing thing? Like what exactly you're doing now? I never got to it. No, we, uh, we stuck on the professional, the personal side, yeah. really. Professionally, yeah. I, so I have now formed a company called To The Moon Digital. To The Moon! Where'd you get the, the name from, Digital. by the way? Sorry? Where'd you get the name from? Crypto. Crypto? Why crypto? Where, where, crypto where's the memes. crypto thing? Crypto memes. I mean, like last year, um, when all these kind of meme coins, like Dogecoin and all this stuff like that, and yeah. uh, came up and... Elon Musk was tweeting about it and it was the first time a lot of sort of mainstream people were hearing about cryptocurrency. It was just always like, oh, it's going to the moon. You know, XRP is going to the moon or Ethereum is going to the moon. Uh, it's yeah. like a, just like an internet meme for a bit there. And okay. so I jumped on it and it's it's worked out well. It's a great little brand. You know, I've gonna, I can space theme a lot of my, a lot of my branding, rocket ships and freaking stars and all that kind of thing and it, it works out well <laughs> you love your you love your space stuff i do i'm a, I'm a bit of a amateur cosmologist <laughs> recreational cosmologist which is nice but <laughs> it's it is to bring it back to your question because i will go on tangents usually i'm the one interviewing we're in strife mate because uh we're both tangineers so um it's yeah, dangerous when you get you put two together. <laughs> you know, land complaints. I'll you've land seen complaints. you've seen um you've seen uh Josh Hardy and I's podcast where they're like two hours and shit. <laughs> yeah, I have dangerous I have, man. He's, Very dangerous. He's a good man to listen to though. If you're gonna listen to someone for two hours, yeah. you're you're a couple of the men people should be listening to. I'm not so sure about myself, but for your audience, I do run to the moon digital. It is a digital marketing agency specifically for coaches and consultants, specifically for people who kind of, they are their own brand. Their service is a coach or consulting service. Some of them have online programs. Some of them, it's just like one-to-one. And what they need is conversations. They need, they don't need sales, people clicking and buying things. They don't need followers. They need like appointments. They need phone calls. They need people rocking up to webinars. And that's what I do. Awesome, man. Um, so let's like kind of get into this thing um, around. Oh, by the way, are you you got money in crypto? Yeah, I got a bit. I had more last week before before it all went to shit. But yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I've just I I got I got, I've put money into just the, the the big ones. Yeah, just Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, yeah. I was like, I've kind of grown up with the old style of investing like you know property and shares and you know i really resisted uh crypto like resisted mm. resisted resisted my mate's like massive into it and runs like a podcast on it and he's always been telling man just put some money into it put some money into it i'm like oh it's fucking bullshit um but he goes man don't get don't get left behind this is where the world's going and i am like i am a little bit resistant with that man where i'm kind of like when the world's changing and it's against my view and model of the world i resist it and it's kind of caught me out a number of times and i'm like you know what not doing this again yeah so i'm like i'm gonna start and i I started getting into crypto and research and nfts and all this stuff and kind of looking at it all last year and i thought you know what, i'm just gonna put some some money into it and i put into multiple times right but i'm pretty sure like i 
pretty sure I put basically at the peak of Bitcoin. I think I put some money into it, like right at the top. So I'm a legend. I can I can pick it, man. No problem. Nice but I don't even look at it. Yeah. So I wouldn't even know where it's at. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. So I'm well, that's like, the thing with me, man. Yeah, I'm. I do not have the attention span to trade to be like, oh, I put some money in this tiny coin, and then two days later, oh, it's suddenly worth like all this money. I'm going to sell mm-hmm. it. I. Same with like stocks and shares and all these people like get into trading. No, it's not for me. I'm not a numbers guy. I can do numbers where they're needed. But um, yeah, I'm thinking long-term about all that stuff. So same as you, uh, I'm in a couple of the big five coins. I'm in Bitcoin and, and XRP, which is a, a big company. And yeah. Um, yeah, I just kind of put in, you know, 250, 500 bucks every now and then just slowly, slowly build it up. And then who knows? That's also it's also money that I can afford to lose. Mm. You know, once it's yeah. gone, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, when my ship comes in, I'll be okay again. It's like <laughs> that, that money doesn't exist to me anymore. If it goes up, awesome. Yeah. And I think that's um, a big thing. By the way, don't know if you can hear two babies crying in the background. That's it's, cool, uh, man. It's all good. It's where you're heading, brother. I got uh, got five weeks, man, till Woo! there's going to be in the background i might have to get some little sound thing behind me actually you know yeah. what it's an idea because we're kind of like how are we going to make this thing work sure. um but i uh, we'll have to figure that out i might have to get some you know those sick sound like things and they're kind of like a semicircle. yes get this big one behind me and make like the make like kind of i don't know what it's called you know those couches where they have like it kind of got that little pin thing and it pulls the yep. material in yep Get some sick design. So and it, I can man. change the color with it. Yeah. So I'll make it all LEDs. Oh, mate, that's Luke. next level. You know, I could do a screen anyway. Green screen. <laughs> Green screen. <laughs> Sometimes I look at these videos and like they look a little like as in this house. Looks a yeah. little green screeny. And like when I sometimes when I watch the videos back, I'm thinking people probably think I've got a green screen. You Especially this house. thing. See that? See yeah. that little that thing there, that looks fake. Yeah. So, um, yeah. <laughs> if you think I got a green screen, I don't. It's legit. <laughs> got a green thumb though, mate. All those power plants are looking very healthy. Yeah. No, we smashed the. We've got like our own little mini jungle. If I could show you, I mean, mm-hmm. I can bring that around. But we got like all palms out there, and then we got Love this it. sick tree. Yeah. Love it. Which I can't pull up all the way around, but it's like I about. A year and a half ago, I bought this power feed and I poured it on there and this tree went nuts. Like I'm talking nuts. It's probably tripled in size and I put it on there like once a year. And it's so sick, man, because in the summer, it drops its leaves in the winter and this autumn. But in the summer, spring, all the green comes out and basically our whole view from our kitchen is just covered in this awesome tree covering our balcony. And it looks, it's so cool. We love it. As I've gotten older, man, I just so appreciate nature, yeah. plants. And I'm like my my mum, like, and my mum loves it because she's a gardener. And like, because I appreciate her garden now, she's like, yeah, oh, like, and she buys me plants and stuff. So yeah, I love plants. Yeah. I'm a plant yeah, man. Sure. Yeah, you are. Me too. <laughs> me too. But I'll try and deliver some actual value. <laughs> yeah, I know. Mate. People are going to be like, what the hell is this? <laughs> All right, man. So, um, First question I got for you would be, okay. 
what's got us got someone where they're like, okay, cool. I'm growing my coaching business. I see these people running ads, don't know much about it. What do you feel has got to happen in someone's coaching business for them to go, let's now look at a paid ads strategy. We're now, what do I, what's got to happen in the business for me to go, okay, let's put some money into ads as opposed to just doing the old organic posts. Yeah. Uh, a good question for a lot of people to hear the answer to, I believe, and this is my belief, which is quite similar to the whole don't burn the boats thing. It is that, you know, anytime you're putting money into your business, it can be scary if you don't have the cash flow. So one, I, I think people need realistically, if you're going to run ads for high ticket coaching clients, you want to be at at least kind of an eight, eight to $10,000 a month revenue, you know, before you can do that. So, you know, three, you know, a couple of sales a week organically, that sort of thing would be great because that firstly allows you to make your decisions with your advertising logically, once again, rather than emotionally, you can say, okay, this is my ad budget. This is how much I'm going to spend. And there is always testing involved in ads, that sort of thing. So I'd say a revenue goal doesn't have to be eight to 10 grand, but something that makes you comfortable to be able to, you know, not lose money, but spend money testing. Because that's an important thing because it's not always going to be a, a direct return straight away. The next yeah. thing is like, it's really, really important. And this is true for organic as well. You've got to have a clear message, clear offer behind your business. So if you are, you know, a real beginner coach and you have that niche, like you're really big on niche, Luke. If you're really a little confused about your niche or your offer, your message that goes out to the public, yeah. if you start running paid ads, it's just like plugging an amplifier into whatever you're doing now. So yeah. if you are sending out a confused message to the world, then they're, they're not going to know why they're here. Maybe you'll get a bunch of clicks or a bunch of likes or a bunch of downloads if people come back to your page mm. and they have no clue what you're doing or your message is really diluted because you don't want to be pigeonholed into helping just this person. It's like, oh, I can help everyone. If you help everyone, you can, you're helping no one. So firstly, uh, get to a revenue goal that is comfortable for you to be able to invest money weekly into paid ads because it can take a while to build a predictable system. What are, to, what are we starting with money-wise um, um, per week? I think I'd, I'd more be into um, more be into like thinking monthly just because uh, when you look at things daily, it can be or weekly, you can start freaking out about results. It is really a zoom out, let's go macro thing. I think yeah. as a coach, you, you don't want to be spending less than $1,000 a month. That's kind of like 30 bucks a day. It's not that much. It, but it adds up if you're only making four grand a month and a thousand dollars is a lot, right? So yeah. my minimum that any of my clients ever spend is about a thousand, twelve hundred bucks a month. Yep. But the beautiful thing about coaching man is that you make one sale paid up front, you can pay for three months of ad spend. Yeah. One in one hit, which is awesome. So yeah, if you've got the sales skills, you know, if you've got the sales skills and the process and the delivery behind you so that when the lead comes in, you can sell them or when you get, you can, or you can sell even like two out of a hundred leads, then you can absolutely make heaps of profit. Um, I mean, you make more organically, but 
if you're at the point with organic where you can't scale any harder or you need to leverage your time um, and stop, you know, doing the whole DM thing because maybe you've had kids, maybe you have a job on the outside, maybe you just can't be doing the organic game the whole time. Ads is a really great way to go, man. It just, it, uh, it will help you scale and get in front of more people in less time, but you've got to have the ability to back it up once those leads come in. Sick. So it's, it's almost like first thing is you've got to have the money to put in and it's like you're in an experimental testing learning phase of ads. Mm -hmm. You technically can put money in and get results straight away, but there's mm -hmm. also a chance that you won't. So it's like, Hey, if you're coming in and going, Oh, I've got a thousand dollars this month and man, once I burn that, I'm done. Like I need to be able to make a return. If it's, are you saying so it's the same, the burn the boats thing where it's like, okay, if that's your attitude, then you probably want to stay away from ads. But if it's like, hey, look, I'm investing in my business. I'm planting a seed here. I'm getting into ads. I'm learning about it. I've got a thousand bucks a month that I'm okay putting in knowing that, hey, in the future, this thing will um, get me some results. Is that what you're kind of saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't work well under stress. I don't like stress. And if I have clients who I'm doing their marketing for them and they're stressed about money, nothing mm. really works as well. Mm. One thing I will say for it is that, you know, if you're at that beginning stage and you're putting money into ads and a phone number comes in, it gives you that hustle that hopefully you're going to ring that person 11 times. You know, you're going to, go hard on your leads. You're going to make sure you have a conversation to all of them. You're going to offer them something. And that gives you the potential to make a lot of money very quickly on your ads. But you've got to have two things. You've got to have, you know, determination to call everyone, to get in touch with your leads. And you've got to have the uh, ability to sell and deliver, mm. you know, like an authentic, good product. Because, yeah. And we both know people, once again, James Wellington launched ads, had no money. He was in a bunch of debt and sold like five of his leads in the first two weeks. Phenomenal salesperson, incredible work ethic. But yeah. I've had clients in the past who, and it's totally my fault for taking on clients who maybe didn't have the right attitude. Leads come in, they're investing money, and they just do not have that fire behind them. They don't want to call people. They don't want to have conversations on the phone, even though they've said they do. And so they lose money on their ads because they, they haven't put that fire behind it and so maybe they should have stayed with organic because that's a it's less commitment and it, it all depends on what kind of business you want but since you asked yeah you've yep. got to have got to be able to back it up because once you're paying for ads you're out there in the world more people are hearing you and if you can't close deals if you can't deliver a good product if you can't make your clients happy then it's it's going to just amplify your problems rather than solve them so we don't really like, so you're not suggesting that say someone just gets a, a, a post and then like puts money in and boosts it. i got a question from um, good old Chris at mind.yourmind21. Um, he's asked about what type of posts should you boost? None of them. Why not? <laughs> I just, Mozza, what are you talking about? None of them. Well, no, I, I just think boosting is... For me, a relatively ineffective way of doing it. So just because, so there's, there's boosting, which is like Facebook's ads for dummies, which is a really good way of Facebook saying, why not put 20 bucks behind this post and you do it 
and then it kind of shows it to a few more people. However, if you can learn very, very simply to use the actual ad software on Facebook, which is a lot more complex, but you, you learn the very, very simple basics of it, you can actually put your best content out there for specific objectives in a much more efficient way. You know, So you should absolutely put money behind your best content to get awareness or followers on your page or get them to message you or click through to a website but do it through ads manager, which is the software that Facebook has to run ads. It's what I run my business on. You can learn this on YouTube in five minutes and it's just always more effective than boosting. So that's what I would say. So when I said, don't boost anything, just don't use that uh, feature on Facebook, learn to use ads manager. And then the cool thing is it's actually a really good way to use a non, you know, a non-committal, offer yeah go and learn about your audience you know so if you are just doing a post which is one of your best videos one of your best photos or best testimonial and putting it out there in the world just for brand engagement and awareness great because it's going to let you know where your audience is in that paid ad space and you don't have to put much money into it and you can kind of just test it's just like kind of you know licking your finger and sticking it up in the wind like which way is the wind going does this work do people like this content because you have your audience who are already following you. So of course they like your content. Otherwise they wouldn't be following you. But when yeah. you go into the you know big wide world of cold audiences, yeah, testing your content with a little bit of money behind it is great. But a lot of people, what they do as coaches, they go straight for the offer first. And it's like, book a call with me to a cold audience and mm. it's a little bit too much too fast, you know? So what about say... Um... What about like webinars and that or workshops? Um, mm-hmm. Say as opposed to going down the path of, hey, we're going to try and book a call. We're just like, okay, I got this free webinar, free workshop. I'm going to try and sell that because I think that's where a, a lot of coaches, if you kind of when they're getting into ads, they feel that that's going to be their first introduction. You yep. probably have um, a lot of them think that, okay, the boost is the way to go. I just get like a post and I boost it and then magic happens and shit. Um, but then you've got, okay, sweet. I've got this webinar and I'm like, I'm kind of good at webinars. I've done a few of them working with my organic. Now I just want a bigger audience there. It's a free webinar, free workshop, wherever it is. Um, what do you think like the steps are for them to make that work and introduce ads with that? Yeah, sure, man. Good question. I, I think that, um, I usually use like a webinar or a workshop as the second step in my ads funnel and there's a reason for that the sorry, reason sorry, is, sorry man what's the first did you say didn't say it yet okay so, so the oh, first oh, geez step, man i missed that one no all good i'm just kind of reverse engineering it <laughs> the reason i think a webinar or workshop isn't always you know it can work but it's not always a great first step is because if you're like you or i you know we've got a decent little personal brand but we're by no means famous enough for a complete random to see us and think you know and have hundreds of them go oh i want to go and spend 90 minutes listening to this guy on my time off work you know Mm -hmm. so if you are running a webinar you're going to have a really really tangible benefit for the person rocking up to this webinar you know Mm. how to achieve x how to get this exactly what they want work on their desires however 
even that doesn't mean they might want to spend 60, 90 minutes with you straight away because there's a lot of risk in their head. They're like, it's, it's all about the perceived risk of the person seeing you out, okay? So up the top, if you're doing like a page likes post, like Craig suggested, like boosting your post and people are just like liking it, no commitment at all from them. Mm. How risky is it just to like a page? I like this content, I'm going to follow it. Ding. Mm. That takes them instantly into that first little step in your funnel. It takes them from, got, they've got no idea who you are to on your radar. Then right. the next step is generally, you know, another low risk thing is like the whole free resource, a free resource of some description that's downloadable, that's tangible, like your Instagram, uh, nine Instagram bio mistakes resource that you've got. You've got like hundreds yeah. of downloads on that thing. Yeah. The reason is because people have to put in very little effort, very little time and risk to, to download that thing. Maybe they put their email address in and maybe they don't even have to read it. Uh, but what it's telling you is that they like what you've got. They have some sort of need for the product that you've got, but still their commitment level is very low. We are yeah. surrounded by so much content these days. You know, we're surrounded by so much battling for our attention that not all of us, you know, most people aren't going to just, just dive into something because there's always another thing to look at. If you scroll one more and there's something way more interesting in the next post. So yeah. firstly, getting that list, you know, building that list, like an email list or whatever, or just like it's some followers or a group from that free resource. It just kind of gets people that first step in the door. And then when they already know who you are and maybe they've seen some more of your content or they've gone through to like, a landing page or send some of your emails, like your emails are great and it gives away your personality. Mm. Then maybe they're going to trust you enough to come along and actually spend some time with you on a webinar or a workshop. And that's where the value really is because people who do come and hang out for an hour with you, far out, that's going to be a great lead because if they listen to you and they like you, then it's fantastic. But I don't see, especially if it's free, a lot of people will sign up for things and then it's not rock up because something else more important comes along. Yeah. So, yeah, I think workshops and webinars are just you got to have a little bit of trust and engagement with an audience before you do it. And that's why ads and marketing and the whole coaching business is a long game. Mm. Yeah, it's a longer game and it doesn't have to be get a phone number, sell them the next day via ads. It can literally be like, okay, I want to have my pipeline full in six weeks time. So if I launch this today yeah. and then I launch a webinar in four weeks and then i do a lot of follow-up to get people to attend this webinar and they're excited about it then i might have six people come along who are really excited and sell four of them a product and make twenty-four thousand dollars in one night so you're saying the lead magnets the probably the best um the little freebie thing you say that's the best intro into ads you reckon if you yeah if you're just skimming around ads if it's your first time doing it yeah. It just really helps you to, you know, test your offer, test if people like what you've got. Yeah, absolutely. It takes yeah. very little time to build, takes very little time for the person to actually engage with it. And I think that's where it's a good place to start because then you can do these things, you know, you, you can, without getting too technical, you can retarget people. You know, when you go on like the iconic and you look at a pair of sunglasses and you don't buy it. And the next day you see it on Instagram, the same sunglasses. You know, it's like you buy, buy these again. Yeah. That's like retargeting. You can actually use what people have done to get mm. back in front of them. And so a lot of my clients now, they have a pretty simple process where like someone has never heard of them before and they get a, 
they download this epic free ebook. And then two days later, they see an ad about actually coming to a workshop or even a phone call with that person or a free trial or whatever. And they're like, yeah. oh, I remember Luke. I saw him like two days ago. I'll yeah. click on that. He's a good guy. So I think it's a great place to start, but it doesn't, doesn't have to be where you finish. How's that? Um, um, well, I mean, getting a little technical here, but like say the retargeting stuff, let's just say, say someone downloads your lead magnet and you're like, okay, cool. I've got this, all this audience here of downloading my lead magnet. Then I want to, okay, from that audience, I then want to run my, um, my workshop. That's my next step. Yeah. Um, if people have got that little iPhone 13 thing switched off, how do you actually retarget them when you can't actually grab an audience that have gone to a website? Yeah, that's, that's getting more and more difficult these days, for sure. Yeah. Um, so what do you do? What's like the workaround these days with all that? Well, it's, it's not as dire as the world made it seem it was going to be. So for context, anyone listening, there was this huge change in Apple's privacy policies last year where people could opt out of being tracked and cookies and all that kind of thing, which is fine. But it, it made it difficult for advertisers who maybe someone visits your page Maybe they look at a product on your fitness apparel apparel page and then uh, the next day they see ads, the same shorts so to buy them. That was awesome. That doesn't really happen as much anymore, but generally if you can keep it within the same app, if you keep it to people who have like visited your Facebook or your Instagram, they're all owned by the same people, right? So, and it's got nothing to do with Apple really because if you're in Facebook, Facebook's tracking you no matter what. So if you retarget people who have kind of been like engaged with your Facebook page or your Instagram page for the last 60 days, or they've downloaded your, they've clicked on your messenger button on Facebook because you're running a messenger ad or they filled in your form because you're running like a form ad, mm -hmm. then you can do it. And then after yeah. that, it kind of spirals. So it's still tracking. You can still absolutely you know, follow and nurture people who have visited your website. And you want to think of it as nurturing rather than, you know, spamming or retargeting or pushing them. You want to be like, I want to build some trust and value for this person. If mm. you can do, you can still do it a little bit uh, from websites, but yeah, keeping it within the app is always a good way of doing it as well. Cool. And then what about say um, the, the warm audience way? Let's just say you've got, um, like the, the remember how we were talking about the Instagram where it's like, oh, you can target all the people that have visited your Instagram page, yeah. for example. I mean, that's if you're looking at maybe sending something to a warm audience. Um, do you recommend something like that? Like, is that an okay option or not so much? Yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. I mean, if, the thing is, if you have an audience, then leverage them because just because they your audience doesn't mean that they're actually buying anything off your, you know, booking with you and maybe that's just because they haven't seen the right offer yet so yeah. people might just like enjoying your content and then eventually you know three four times to see the same kind of sponsored post which is you know you can actually book a call with luke or get luke's workshop replay emailed right to you that kind of thing you know eventually they'll probably be into it but they've got to build that trust and do it in their own time so mm. i think yeah, if you have an audience, leverage it. Ads are a great way to start an audience if you don't have one and, and to build that audience, but in a very, very light and, yeah, once again, non-committal way, not balls to the wall, 
you know, let's just go and try and sell a $997 product online. Or ivories to the wall. It, yeah, yeah. No or balls or ivories to the wall. Anything to the wall. I mean, it's not as yeah. good of a rhyme, but I understand where you're going with that. It's uh, very inclusive. But the, um, yeah, I, I think that warm audiences, that's where you want to be because it's the same as, you know, someone walks up to you on the street and tries to sell you something on the street like one of those charity muggers that just kind of makes you feel bad um, out of the blue. <laughs> but if you walk into charity a shop, I've got yeah. a I've got a technique for the charity buggers, mate. Okay. Which charity buggers aren't around these days, but they used to be. But I yeah. do you know what I used to do. What? I used to pretend I didn't speak English. Oh, good. Yeah. So they'd awesome. be like, "Oh, excuse me, how you going, mate?" And I'd be like, you know, "Hey, hang on, chain, hang on, chain." A fake language. Yeah, some fake language. I'd be like, My goodness. <laughs> and like, it's funny actually because you'd see their face and they'll be like, I mean, the thing with salespeople, you're given a, an objection they've never got before, then they can't react to it. So that's that's yeah, the simplest yeah, yeah. thing because, you know, they've been trained to reply to the common objection. So what you're going to do is give them an objection they never had before and then they can't get past it. So that's all you got to do is just give them some weird shit that they've never got before and it just, they, they can't say anything. They'll just stop and go, shit, I don't know what to say to this. And then boom, it's all over. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. So let's take these charity muggers as, a, uh, <laughs> as an example, right? As how you need to really think about running ads. Someone comes up to you on the street and they're in your face. Oh, hey, mate, where are you going? You're going... You know, you're going down to the beach. Oh, I love it there. You know, I spent some time in Portugal when I was a kid. <laughs> Try and get on your level. Anyway, mate, I'm sure you can agree that there's some terrible stuff happening in Africa right now. You know it's terrible, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> you go, oh, no. Yeah. And then, and then within three minutes, they're, you know, trying to get money or not even a one-time donation, a freaking subscription off you. Mm. Crazy. That is how so many coaches run their ads is like, Hey, guess what? You don't know who I am, but come and come to my free training and hang out with me for ages or um, book a discovery call with me oh, or, you know, book my eight week challenge and just pay me $249 today in an ad. Like, I don't know who you are. Right. However, if that charity mugger had come up to you and said like, um, Hey mate, um, I know you're busy. I know you're a busy person. Uh, I've got a QR code here. You know, I, if you scan this code here, um, it's going to take you to a website where, you know, you watch a five minute video about pandas and we'll give you, and we'll send you a bottle of wine. That kind of thing. We'll send you a free panda t-shirt or something like that. And people did it, you know, and then you, they left you alone forever. You're like, great. You know, but then when you get to watch that video, you go home because you want that free offer. You, you want that value in return. Maybe you put your email address into where should we send you a bottle of wine or where should we send you a free gift? Type it in and then you're on their email list. So they can kind of send you some value every now and then. You've exchanged nothing with them. They've given you something that probably costs them no money at all. Like they give you something free or something that costs like very little and you're on their list. And then they build that trust with you. And then they'll send you some, you know, heart-wrenching videos or they'll send you some, you know, some questions. And then maybe they'll send you a quiz or that maybe they'll give you a call and say, um, Hey, have you been enjoying our content? Uh, have you considered maybe just a one-off, a one-off donation? You know, 20 bucks today would make a huge difference. This is what it would do. 
Mm. And you're like, okay, I can do that. And then they call you back a month later. Luke, thank you so much for your generous 20 bucks. This is what it achieved. And I would just like to say that something's getting better. Something's getting worse. Would it be at all possible for you to make that a monthly donation? So just $20 is all we need. And that's going to, that's going to achieve this. And you'd be like, yeah, I can do that. That Mm. Because you've built value and trust with this person and they didn't just rock up to you on the street and trying to get you to sign up for giving them money every month on the spot. Mm. That's how so many coaches run their ads is just, they just go, go in, try to take people home before buying dinner on that first date. And it will work for Tony Robbins. It'll work for Grant Cardone. It'll work for all the big names, but it's not going to work for us yet because we're just not there. So, um, I like that, man. Long game, man. Give people something. Let them know that you're awesome. Give them as much as you can that is not going to cost you too much time or money. Like It doesn't have to be free sessions. Just like if you've got a program sitting around that you built once or some trainings that you filmed, package them up and give them access to it. You know, Give them as much as you can yeah. um, in a leveraged way to build that trust so when they actually have an opportunity to speak to you, they know you. You don't have to spend the first 10 minutes warming them up. It's like, hey, Luke, it feels like one of these conversations because you've taken your time with it. Mm. It's cool, man. I love that little analogy metaphor thing. Um, Good. So would you have anything else where you're like, you want to finish up on and go, okay, let's, you need to know this, need to look out for this for someone where it's like, hey, you want to kind of look at this ads thing and start leveraging my marketing and everything like that and spreading the word more. Yeah, I, I think, you know, the the first thing is, yeah, get really, really clear on, you know, what sort of message you've got. If people visit your Facebook page or your Instagram page from an ad, can they tell instantly what you do? Does your bio or your cover photo or your profile picture say, I'm Luke, I help coaches make their first 100K online? Do, do, do they know that? If it just mm-hmm. says, Luke Page, coach, um, Melbourne, that kind of thing, or something, some really overly coachy term, yeah. you know, I help heart-centered, purpose-driven entrepreneurs find their true purpose through the means of holistic spirituality. It's like, <laughs> I love that one. It's a good oh, one. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm out of here, you know? So if you, if you can yeah. firstly just really, really get your brand focused, laser-focused, on point, Go to Luke's niche workshop to learn how to do that. That's step one. Definitely, I help X to achieve this. Without this, you know, I help. Um, I, I help busy. Uh, I help working mums um, lose three kilos a month. You know, without giving up their career. You know, without without sacrificing their next promotion. That sort of thing. I help to do this. I help. People, I help um, families, you know, get an extra $700 a month using my social sales method, you know, how without selling to their friends. Great. Mm. I know what this person does. So get that freaking message ready. Get that offer and that message ready. Next one is with your ads, I would always say go for speed, launch with speed, because if you do what I used to definitely do is like go out and launch. So I'm going to do this ad to get a freaking phone numbers and you spend six weeks 
building a landing page and a funnel and videos and making everything perfect and you put it out there and no yeah. one clicks on the ad, you spend a lot of time and money and effort wasting time mm-hmm. on an offer that doesn't work. Test yeah. the offer first. Okay. So make mm-hmm. it as basic as possible. Run a, like a messenger ad, which just means you would click on the ad and they end up in your messenger inbox. And if people are clicking on that, you know, it takes 20 minutes to set up. If you were clicking on that and you're getting leads from it, then you put in the grind at the first end, you know, you, you call the numbers, you're doing the cold outreach and the messaging and the, and the phone numbers and calling people. It's more on you, but you know straight away if that offer works or not. And you've not yes. spent time and money building all the bits and bobs around it. My yep. clients and I will always do the most basic offer first, you know, put out an, put out an ebook or a lead magnet, get people's numbers and email addresses, give them a ring. Are these the right people? Are we getting a good amount of clicks and visitors on this, on this ad? If it works, fantastic. Let's attach an email sequence to it. Let's attach some integrations. So, you know, leads pop up in all different places. Let's retarget them. Let's build a landing page. Let's try and make this automated. But at the beginning, leverage, yeah, leverage your time just to test the offer, get it out there before going too hard on it. So yeah, just dip your toes in with everything you do. Even if you're super confident, dip your toes in first because you never know what the market is doing. My friend, I know you want me, I know you want me to go. I'm not gonna go yet. Uh, <laughs> my, <ain't> going, man. <laughs> my, my friend uh runs I will tell you team. when this podcast ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my mate runs an agency for digital uh, for, for a digital marketing agency for construction workers and tradies. Helps them get mate? more leads. Sorry? Is this your yeah, mate? A mate of mine, yeah, yeah. We're in the yeah. same mastermind. And um he built this beautiful funnel you know, uh, for to help tradies get more leads and build their businesses through his digital marketing agency. And he spent ages building it, launched it. And then like two days later, for all those protests about construction workers having to get vaccinated and, um, hmm. and the whole construction industry was just flipped on its head in a day. And yeah. so no tradies were thinking about getting leads online. And oh, wow. he spent such a long time making this beautiful thing. And that was completely out of his control. You know, mm. so if he just had that offer out there and tested it, it'd be like, oh, well, you know, it might still work. Uh, oh, well, it didn't work. I spent like an hour, I spent like an hour and a hundred bucks rather than yeah. I spent a month and two grand, you know? So yeah, man, I think um, that answer your question. I know I've not really, I've kind of got a lot of analogies and metaphors today, but I hope I've answered some questions for you, Luke. I only recall one, one metaphor. What was your other one? Was there only one? I think there's only one that I remember. Well, but yeah, man, I'll I was just asking your last more. words, and that was yeah. the, that was the longest last words in the history of last words. <laughs> Sorry, Luke. Sorry, Mister Tangent. This is how you run a podcast with Luke, guys. What you do is you <laughs> ask him a question, and then you wait twenty minutes, and then he'll ask you, "What was the question again?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting all right. I, yesterday, what was I doing? I did a did I do a podcast yesterday? Yeah, I did. I did a podcast, but I was a guest yesterday and yeah. um, I did it once. So I'm like, no, not bad, not bad. Oh. So, you know, it's all good getting there. Do you, do you know what? I'm finding um, find the last couple of weeks that I've been like not recalling information as in <laughs> baby brain. Just like, yeah, I'm getting baby brain where yeah. um, just not thinking and then Courtney's to- told me something and then I'll be like, Ah, oh, so what are we? What, what's happening on Wednesday? She's like, "You serious?" 
Yeah, my because I literally sat down on the couch with you last night and told you. <laughs> that is happening like, way more than normal, man. And I'm like, yeah. uh, I must be, I must be busy. Yeah, and there's a lot of stuff like that physiologically happens to uh, a father who's about to have a kid. Really? I dad bod look look it up, man. Like uh, I I learned all this stuff after like having to get having the girls, but I've then, heard about the like, dad bod thing. Although I wouldn't say I've got the dad bod, man. I'm still working out and shit, so that's not yeah, a thing. Hundred percent, but it, it's yeah. it's like a physiological thing. It's not that you're lazy. It's like your body yeah. knows this shit's about to hit the fan. Let's give yeah. them some extra body fat for the sleepless yeah. nights to get through this stuff, you know. And it's the same with the the brain. You've got energy and hormones and stuff flowing in different directions preparing yeah. you for certain things and yeah. so you forget about what's happening wednesday you know it's um it's hilarious when you read like you look at the science of being a new dad a lot of shit happens to your body man and it's great yeah. fun i'll have to look yeah. into it hey have you got the um how the kids going with sleep um pretty good yeah it's, it's really hot and humid at the moment so they're not sleeping great but no one is but um we put them to bed at like 6 30 p.m and then between 6 30 and then maybe 6 a.m they probably each wake up once which is pretty rad so that's sick yeah when, when that happens like if they wake up at if they both wake up at midnight and then they both wake up again the next morning at 5 30 then that's a bit rough because you've only had like five and a, five and a bit hours sleep in the middle but yeah. um generally man we get a good a good amount of sleep right now but we've earned it hell yeah man definitely yeah awesome. no, you'll be right you'll be right bro i'll be i'll get there man mazarino thanks for coming on mate what's uh where are we gonna anyone listening where can they find you you can find me on the luke page podcast it's the <laughs> best, place, best place to go it's the most valuable place i know <laughs> outside of that yeah just anywhere you find to the moon digital on facebook or instagram that's me um I get, yeah, your audience will be mostly Facebook and Instagram. I'm also on like LinkedIn and YouTube. I'm under my own name, Alex Morris. But yep. uh, yeah, and my, my podcast is called Coaches to the Moon. And I did a great episode with Luke maybe maybe four months ago now. And uh, yeah, that's me. Anything around the moon and coaching is probably going to find me. The moon man. The moon yeah. man, Mozza. <laughs> Thanks, bro. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page.